Welcome to Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, Aftermath, for episode 1-1, Epilogue, and episode 1-2, An Introduction to the Wonderful Wizard of Oz, by L. Frank Baum. What you're about to hear was actually recorded a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. And what happened was I started this podcast in February of 2020, and then everything kind of fell apart because of a global pandemic. And unfortunately, it had to be put on hold. I had a handful of episodes recorded. And in the time since then, I have re-recorded certain things and started to put the show back into production. This is the definitive way of experiencing Dark Days of Dorothy Gale. You can get the book on Amazon if you so choose. It's available in paperback and ebook form. But just so you know, there will be some very slight differences between podcast and book. Nothing that affects the story or plot or characters or anything like that. Every change is purely superficial. Just making sentences sound a little more natural, maybe making better choices on words, etc., etc. When I'm reading The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, however, I will be reading it 100% as it is written. I'll be reading it word for word. And any differences between podcast and uh, Wizard of Oz, wonderful Wizard of Oz, excuse me, will be entirely accidental. And if you spot any of those, if you spot any uh, mistakes that I make in it, by all means, let me know so I can go back and, and and, and, and fix things. So anyways, like I said, what you're about to hear was actually recorded last year. So it might be, there might be some pieces of it that sound a little bit wonky, uh, (laughs) but just bear with me, okay? I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, really feel like going and re-recording an Aftermath, this uh, Aftermath episode, because I think it turned out pretty good overall, and I hope you enjoy it. So, here you go. Welcome to Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, Aftermath. My name's Tyler Martinez. I'm the uh, writer of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, also the writer of Darker Days of Dorothy Gale, the reader of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, and the reader of the L. Frank Baum wonderful Wizard of Oz as well. So a little bit about how this podcast audiobook thing is going to work, and a little bit about me. So that you know, you got a little bit uh, uh, of an idea of who's who's talking in your ears for this hopefully wonderful shared experience that that you and I are going to have together. As I said, my name is Tyler Martinez, and uh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and explain. This is these little aftermath episodes are kind of just to get a a, a little bit of perspective on my personal writing process and my thoughts going into this book, and why I chose to do certain, write certain things, or maybe in a certain way, and and just 
just give you a little bit of insight, kind of like a DVD commentary, uh, you know, if you if you will. Um, if anybody still listens to those, I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure there's some cinephiles out there that still do. But anyways, the point is, I just wanted to give you a little bit of insight into how, how I do things and, and what my goals are. And, and once again, to just let you know a little bit about me. Enough of the rambling nonsense. I We'll just get right into this now, shall we? First of all, I just want to get this out of the way. I have no kind of uh, credentials for writing, if that's the, the right terminology. I didn't go to school for literature. I have no degree in, in the literary arts, so to speak. Uh, I just, it's always been a lifelong dream of mine to write a book. And I've always had a bit of an overactive imagination. So I figured, why not put that overactive imagination to work? And really, a lot of this came about, oh, I don't know, probably 11 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, maybe maybe not quite as long. It was somewhere around the 11-year mark. I found out that the wonderful Wizard of Oz was in the public domain. And I got all kinds of, and this was one of my favorite, one of my favorite books as a kid. And I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of horror as a genre, whether it's in, in literature or, uh, or film or even video games. And, uh, and I thought, you know, this story is free for anyone to use now. And it was kind of a tough decision. I, I had gone back to reread The Wizard of Oz, and I had all these ideas as to how I would make it a more mature story, a more uh, maybe traumatic story, how I would, how I would modernize it and, and, or attempt to modernize it, and how I would just go about telling it in... A, a horrifying fashion or a, a with a little bit of a horror spin to it. I'm not saying that this book is genuinely terrifying or scary. That wasn't really the point of it. I just wanted to put a, put a different spin on it. I realized that the world of uh, of Oz is fairly saturated. There's video games, there's numerous movies there's other uh there's other retellings of the story there's other versions of the story out there and i in the past in my younger years i really looked down on people taking cherished childhood memories and doing with them other things uh mostly tim burton i was upset when he did uh, his Planet of the Apes, and not just because that was a terrible movie, but uh, I was also upset when he did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because uh, that's uh, the the Gene Wilder version is one of my all time favorites. I remember at the time that those were out, just thinking, "How dare you? How dare you do this to something so beloved and cherished?" and and so when I set out to write this book. It was kind of a, a it was kind of a conflict for me because 
yeah, uh, I have no problem admitting uh, in this respect I am I am a true hypocr- hypocrite. <laughs> I'm taking many people's childhood memories and and effectively just destroying it. And uh, even even Baum wrote the Wizard of Oz, the wonderful Wizard of Oz, as a way to escape the uh, the world of the of the grim fairy tales. He wanted something that wasn't quite so centered on on death and destruction and and true evil. He wanted to write something a little more fanciful that that younger audiences could enjoy and and get a sense of whimsy and adventure out of. I realized that, yeah, uh, this is the exact opposite of of his intentions. And if that bothers you, the listener, then uh, I strongly advise not listening to the rest of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale. The way this is going to work is I'm going to read a chapter of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, which is the book that I wrote, obviously, and then I'm going to read a chapter from The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. And then I'm going to do an episode like this in which I, uh, I, I compare the two I, and I kind, of, I kind of explain myself in a way and say this, you know, and, and talk about what I got from Frank Baum and what I got what I got from me and maybe what my personal inspirations were outside of the original source material. Not every week will have a wonderful Wizard of Oz chapter. And I know this sounds maybe uh, conflicting or, or strange, but I, I tried to stay fairly true to the source material uh, as, as much as I could while still making it this horror story. I personally feel like I managed that goal for the most part. And by that, I mean when Dorothy lands in Oz, there is Dorothy landing in Oz in my book, and there's Dorothy landing in Oz in the L. Frank Baum book. Natural, obviously, that's something that has to happen. There's chapters in which Dorothy meets... Uh, other characters that uh, also appear in the L. Frank Baum version, and she goes to, you know, if she goes to uh, uh, China country, for example, later on in the book, in both books, there is China country, and both, I feel, are uh, relatively, while not exact with each other, I think they're, they're relatively comparable to each other, you know, mine is just a little bit of a meaner version of of the bomb version if that makes any sense i don't know if that makes any sense hopefully it will all become clear in time a better comparison maybe might even be when you get to the scarecrow chapter and how he was made my version of how he's made is very similar to the way that uh, he was made for the bomb version and then it's things just kind of kind of veer off course a little bit here and there but I, I tried to stay relatively close to the source material for this book. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale was a, a different beast entirely, uh, and uh, and I'm and I'm very proud of that work as well. I don't know as if I will continue this project past Dark Days. I don't know if I'll do this for Darker Days or not. And 
but if I do, you know, I, I certainly hope you stick around to the end of everything. Some weeks, this podcast is going to be three episodes long. It'll be a dark days chapter on Monday, a wonderful Wizard of Oz chapter on Wednesday, and then the aftermath, which is this right here, what I'm talking about right now, will be on Friday. Some weeks there simply won't be a wonderful Wizard of Oz chapter because there are a few moments and a few points in my book that aren't explored in the L. Frank Baum version in the original source material. Uh, and that's mostly uh, a, uh, a history of you know Dorothy's mom and dad and how she become, became an orphan to begin with and, and stuff like that. And, and there's a few things here and there that, that I added because I, I wanted the book to be a little bit longer and I just had ideas that uh, I, I, there are a few moments that I had ideas for stories that uh, I wanted to write, but I had no place to write them. And so I worked them into this, into uh, dark days, if that makes any sense. And I think the, I think the payoff is really good. I'm really, I'm really proud of the original content that I put into this thing. And uh, just as proud as I am of of maintaining the uh, the truth to uh, to the original source material again, if that makes any sense, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little bit nervous sitting here talking in front of this microphone for this this first little episode, and I feel that, that probably comes off pretty clearly. And if you're still listening, I truly, truly thank you for that. I hope you come back for more of this and uh it's it's this is a labor of love for me. This is a true passion project for me. I just I just hope you keep coming back. So with all that said and out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about the first episode. Also, I did not mention <laughs> before we get on to the first episode, I did not mention all these episodes are probably going to be pretty di- uh, pretty different in length. The first episode, the epilogue part one, is only around five minutes. And other chapters might be longer. Uh, it will certainly be longer. There, there will certainly be longer chapters. And that goes for both my book, Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, and the L. Frank Baum version, because he had some pretty short chapters as well. And some of his shorter chapters I took and kind of spread out in in my own in my own way as well. So now, with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into the aftermath episode, the true aftermath episode here, talking about epilogue part one. This is a little bit of a shorter chapter. My inspiration for starting the book this way. Because I'm, I'm assuming that if you're listening to this, that you listened to the epilogue part one episode. And so you know that this is the end of this particular story. Dorothy's running through the halls. It's kind of scary. She's, she's terrified. She's being hunted down by the woodman, possibly even the lion at this point. She's got the, she's using the severed arm of, the scarecrow as a torch and she's carrying his head like a basketball and if you're wondering 
that is me. That is, <laughs> there is no truth to any of that in the original source material. And that's why there was no, uh, no wonderful Wizard of Oz chapter for today, uh, for this week. If you're wondering why I decided to start at the end, I just, I personally, to me, it's personally just a design choice. I like a lot of movies that start at the end, and maybe it's not true for everyone, but for me, anyways, when something shows you the the ending, in many cases, you feel like, okay, that was that was nuts, <laughs> that was pretty crazy. How did it how did it get here? And you want to know how it gets there, and so you keep turning pages, or you keep watching the movie, or you keep. Or you keep playing the game, you keep doing whatever it is you're doing to get to the end, to get to the end of this story. But I still feel like this is a great way to start the book. It's a, it's a introduction. It, it, I think it sets the general tone of the of the rest of the story. It's just a, a, I think it's just a good introduction, and it just happens to be that it has to be the end of the story. Uh, because this clearly defines the Tin Woodman as a villain, which, of course, is unique to my version uh, in this context. He was not a villain in the uh, original in the original story. He's he's you know everyone Dorothy meets uh, as far as the Woodman, the Scarecrow, and the Lion and stuff goes. They they're all nice. You know, and they're all helping Dorothy. So in my version, I, I I wanted to introduce early on in the story that the Woodman is a villain. That Dorothy isn't just trying to get home; she's trying to survive. At this point in the story, in in the story, in her story, it, she's not only just trying to survive, survive, but she's been trying to survive, and and. It, and quite frankly, it's not clear if she will or not. To me, I think that that feels really strong. I don't know how that comes off to other people. I, I, I obviously have my own, my own bias to this story. So, uh, you know, I, I suppose you either like it or you don't. Maybe you fall in the middle. I'm not sure. But that's why I decided to put the epilogue part one at the end or at the beginning of the book, where even though it creates a little bit of a blank spot uh, at the ending of the book, if that makes any sense. I like the idea of the Woodman being a villain. Even like 11 years ago, when I had this original idea, I knew that, that he was probably going to be the villain. Um, and as far as the lion goes, you know, we're, we're going to see... We're going to see some evolution of, of the lion's character throughout the story as well. Um, uh, also worth noting, I did not, I did not legitimately start writing this book eleven years ago. It didn't take me eleven years to write it. I had a few ideas here and there, and then, uh, and then I stopped. I just kind of, I, I got busy with other things. Other things caught my interest. And I did other, I did a variety of other things. And, uh, you know, it really wasn't until probably, uh, you know, I, I suppose if I had, if I had my old drafts sitting here in front of me, which I do not, I could tell you the exact date that I 
really sat down to write this version of the story. But it was probably closer to six years ago, five or six years ago. And uh and and that's when that's when I I really decided I was gonna sit down and work on this book. And there were some other things going on in my life at the time of this of, of writing this book too that that really influenced the way I went. But uh you know, we'll get to all those things in time. Don't worry. I. Uh, but anyways, back to back to the the epilogue. I just like the idea of starting it closer to the end, and and hopefully hooking the reader or listener in this case into into uh, wanting to come back for more, wanting to turn pages, wanting to make it to the next minute, to the next second, even. And to the next episode, and I, I really hope, I, re- I really hope that works. Throughout the epilogue, I also set up for a few other things. There's mention of the, of the infinite spool, the never dulling needle, the, her backpack that she's carrying around. As much as this is a story about someone in a strange, a stranger in a strange land, I wanted. A little bit of realism grounded to this as well, uh, because so often you watch movies or you read books or you play games where characters they don't have to. It's one long experience. You never see them sleep. You never see them eat. You don't know. You know, there's just large blank spots in their life, and you just think to yourself, well, if they would have only done this instead, they could have avoided all of this. And I wanted. For my book, and I hope it comes out this way. I hope people read it this way, and if they don't, that's fine too. And but uh, I tried to keep it at least a little bit more grounded in reality. And this chapter, I wanted to kind of stamp that reality. Like I said, this sets the tone for the rest of the story, and for what you're going to hear in the future, what you're going to read in the future, and all that fun stuff. So. I hope it all comes out like that, and and I hope that you can suspend your disbelief and say, okay, well, this part here is actually kind of kind of realistic. I mean, I mean, if if I were to land in a strange land, yeah, I might I might pick up a backpack. I might I might worry about what I'm going to eat. I might worry about this or about that, and and certainly that's going to come into play. Uh, I'm getting I, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because that's going to come into play in like you know in the coming chapters as well. So uh, I guess I don't really have a whole lot more to say about the epilogue. Like I said, it was pretty short. I probably spent more time rambling on about it than actually reading it. So there you have. I'm going to try to make these these aftermath episodes a little more concise in the future. Like I said, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about this. This is a pretty big moment in my writing and and creative, uh, my podcasting experiment, I suppose, if you want to call it that, is that's kind of what it is. It's all kind of an experiment to me at this point. I hope that we can all make this journey together, not just through Oz, but, but through this as well. And uh, again, if you're still listening to this, I am so grateful, 
so grateful for all of you. And don't worry, because there's going to be episodes where there is the wonderful Wizard of Oz chapters. So if all you want to do is re is listen to the wonderful Wizard of Oz, that's perfectly fine. I I would not hold it against you if you didn't want to <laughs> if you didn't want to read or hear my version of the story. And that's uh, that's perfectly fine. I kind of feel like when I do the Wizard of Oz chapters or the the Wizard of Oz episodes, I feel like it's almost more of a public service because a lot of people might might not otherwise go through the trouble of reading it. It's a pretty brisk and easy read and it's but still I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't go and read it. There's with so many other things to read and and same goes for this podcast as well. There's a billion other things to listen to. So if you're listening to me right now, again, thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up right now, but don't worry, I will be back next week. I promise. And we're going to do this all again and hopefully the story intrigues you even more and hooks you in even more. Even though we've only been together a short time, I love you all for listening anyways. Thanks, and I'll catch you another time.